Big idea. Worship is not a product or service I demand. It is the product of a life fully surrendered, submitted, and committed to Jesus. Our weekly identity statement, I am a Christ follower, therefore, I don't make God walk where I go, I walk humbly with God. In our memory verse, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of, Luke chapter 6, verse 43 through 45. What is worship? As we talked about yesterday, worship is not a product or service that the church offers. It is not like a package you select from your cable company where you want the church channels, movie channels, and worship channels. And yet, that's exactly how we treat it. Just like we choose this brand or that, we apply the same technique to worship. When the worship band does my favorite, I'll worship. When they're doing my least favorite, I'll sit. When they're teaching me something new, I'll go to the bathroom. But that's not worship at all. Archbishop William Temple said, Worship is the submission of all of our nature to God. It is the quickening of the conscience by His holiness, the nourishment of mind with His truth, the purifying of imagination by His beauty, the opening of the heart to His love, the surrender of will to His purpose. All this gathered up in adoration, the most selfless emotion of which our nature is capable. You've probably heard me say, whatever consumes my attention and my affection is what I worship. So if we are consumed with a specific worship style, that's what we worship, not God. For many of us, what we worship is work or family, sports or recreation, money or status. Those are the things that consume our attention and affection. That said, worship is a sacrifice we make. It's laying yourself down. Just like when we worship work or status, we will sacrifice many things to arrive, worshiping God is also a sacrifice. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. True and proper worship responds to God's mercy with sacrifice. We lay down our personal wants and desires and do what God has asked of us. Below, we will look at eight of the primary postures of worship. We went over these briefly yesterday, but I want to give you some examples from Scripture today, starting with singing. We looked at a lot of verses that reference singing. Psalm 95.1, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. And another, Hebrews 2.12 says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. I and us. I sing and we sing. I don't mouth the words. Singing is not something that the artistic people do. It's not something for the women. It's something for everyone. It doesn't matter if you're good or not. That's not the point. The point is we sing out praises to God. Next, bowing your head. Genesis chapter 24, verse 26. And the man bowed down his head and worshiped the Lord. And Exodus 4, 31. And the people believed, and when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel, and that he had looked upon their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. There may be times in worship where you choose to bow your head, not to take a nap or get out of singing, but out of reverence and awe. 
Third, lifting up your hands. Psalm 63, 4, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. Psalm 141, verse 2, may my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. In your name I will lift up my hands. The lifting of my hands will be like the evening sacrifice. The lifting of hands is also associated with prayer and worship. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. You probably won't ever feel like lifting up your hands unless your team has just scored, but what if you started lifting your hands out of obedience to God? Next, spreading out your hands. Psalm 143, verse 6, I stretch out my hands to you. My soul longs for you. It's not just raising your hands up, but stretching them out. Basically, just do something with your hands, like clap your hands. Fifth, again with the hands. Psalm 47, verse 1, oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. Raise your hands, stretch out your hands, clap your hands. Oh, and shout to God with a voice of triumph. I remember times when someone would randomly shout during worship, and it startled me every time. Next, bowing your knee. 2 Chronicles 6, verse 12 and 13. Then he stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands. Now Solomon had made a bronze platform, five cubits long, five cubits wide, and three cubits high, and had set it in the midst of the court, and he stood on it knelt on his knees in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. Paul did it too, Ephesians 3.14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. Isaiah prophesied about it, Isaiah 45, verse 23. Before me, every knee shall bow. By me, every tongue will swear. Eventually, everyone will do it by force, we see in Philippians 2, verse 9 and 10. Therefore exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Why not be obedient and submissive to God now and bow before him? Seventh, fall on your face before the Lord. This one might be a stretch. Genesis 17, verse 3 through 17, we read this account. Verse 3, Abram fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. And then in verse 17, Abraham fell face down. He laughed. Maybe what God wants most from you is to lay down and completely surrender to him. The last one is dancing. 2 Samuel Uh, Chapter 6, verse 14, wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets. David was so glad to have the ark back where it was supposed to be that he danced the whole way. This is hard for me to imagine myself dancing before the Lord, and my name is even David. And yet, it was King David's response Michal had a problem with it, but David's response was, I wasn't doing it for you or anyone who was watching. I was doing it for the Lord who chose me. All these different ways are physical expressions of worship. The point is, worship shouldn't just be something we do internally. It must become something we participate in corporately. When we are worshiping with our brothers and sisters in Christ, it needs to be participatory. We don't sit by and let the musical people worship on our behalf. 
there are not caveats made in Scripture that say, if you can't sing, don't like to sing, or don't feel like singing, then you are free to not sing in worship. That just doesn't exist anywhere. But there are many commands to sing. Psalm 47, verse 6, commands us to sing four times in one verse. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. Scripture contains more than 500 references to singing and over 50 commands to sing. It's not optional. Make a joyful noise if you can't carry a tune, but sing. What's the big deal with singing? Well, my theory is that it engages the heart, mind, soul, and body in worship. It's one activity that brings the whole person in on worshiping God. This is also why I think we should be careful what we sing. You may not think it's a big deal to sing along to all your favorite secular songs, but those words are getting deeply rooted into who you are. We should probably be a little more careful about the lyrics we engrave on our hearts. Worship was never meant to be a spectator sport. It has always been participatory. You may not be comfortable with it. That's okay. Take baby steps. If you've never raised your hand, clap. If you've never clapped, pat your hand on your thigh. Just start. Practice it. Practice stretching yourself on Sundays when we're all together. There really are no excuses. It's just whether or not we will submit to God in this way when it comes to worship. One last thought. We need to be very careful about judging the heart of others in worship. While some may seem to be barely participating, they may be stretching themselves. At the same time, there may be others who are so used to being physically expressive that they're just going through the motions of what they're used to but aren't giving much mental thought to their actions. The point isn't to look around the room and compare yourself to what everyone else is doing. Instead, it is, what is God asking of me in this moment? Is he asking you to sing? Is he asking you to clap or raise your hands? Maybe he's asking you to kneel. Whatever it is, follow his prompting. Let him lead you to make a sacrifice of praise. Our daily scripture focus, Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As we wrap up, I encourage you to take a few minutes to think and pray through a few things. First, conceptualize. Take a few moments and imagine yourself responding in worship without restraint. What is the first thing you would do? Raise your hands? Kneel? Dance? Imagine yourself in your mind's eye doing that thing without any hesitation or reservation. Second, reflect. What is the hardest for you? Singing? Lifting your hands? Kneeling? Laying down? Clapping? Or one of the others? Third, repent. Spend some time praying and ask God to change your mind and heart about each of these areas. If you have refused to follow God's drawing you to respond to Him in worship, ask God to change your heart when it comes to resisting Him and to give you the courage to respond without hesitation. Finally, thank God. Thank God for the chance to worship Him by choice. Thank God for all the things He has done for you. Thank God for the great price He paid for you. 